0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Even though there are a few more games left for the Vikings this season, we do know that they are in the playoffs. So what's the formula for them to actually win some games? We're talking about it coming up on Superior Sports Talk.
0: Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's superior sports talk with CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's superior sports talk and it starts now. Welcome in, everyone, another episode of Superior Sports Talk. I'm your resident utility player, Sam Ekstrom, filling in for Luke Inman once again. Reggie Wilson of CARE 11 joins me. He's on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson. And as Reggie said, we're going to lay out the Vikings' formula for playoff success. We're also going to look ahead, post-Vikings, once they break our hearts, who do local fans cling to, the Wolves or the Wild? And in Gimme One, there was a Carlos Correa switcheroo that did not involve the Twins, and the Vikings have five Pro Bowlers. We'll talk about that in What Does It Mean. Before we get into Vikings playoff formulas, make sure you check us out on Amazon Fire and Roku, the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app, which gives you a seamless Wonderful viewing experience on those new TVs that you probably bought on Black Friday or for the holiday season. Uh, Also, subscribe on YouTube. The Lockdown Sports Minnesota channel gives you access to all of our videos. And we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Reggie Wilson of Care 11 joining me now. Reggie, I'm looking ahead to the playoffs already. Two seed, three seed, doesn't matter. The Vikings are going to have a home playoff game They're going to play the Commanders, the Giants, the Lions, the Seahawks. They're going to play somebody. Um, I'm going to ask you, what are the bullet points? What are the formulas on offense and defense to a playoff victory? And, Reggie, I'm not going to let you do it. I'm not going to let you say fall behind by 33 points and then stage (laughs) a miraculous comeback. It's not going to fly. I need sustainable, actionable items that the Vikings need to follow in order to be a playoff winner. So where do you start?
1: I think they need to come out with a fire underneath them because, you know, it's the playoffs. I don't believe that they are going to get away with, you know, getting behind like that and trying to come back. You know, they, you can do it against the Colts. You know, you can you can do it against a, a team that's not going anywhere, but against a team that's also earned the right to be in the postseason as well, playing for – the chance to go to a Super Bowl, you can't do that. So I think they're going to have to, for one, on offense, come out. And, you know, we talked about it the last time you were on the show, Sam. Like, why does it take them getting punched in the teeth for them to, you know, have some sustainable drives on offense? Like, it's like their backs have to be up against the wall. I think they need to come out and act like they're down by, like, three touchdowns (laughs) with this offense. (laughs) to keep it going like come out have Kirk and hurry up you know like we can't see you know some of these offensive lulls that we see game in and game out from this Vikings team it's just not going to work in the playoffs they're going to have to come out and sustain some drives and I think it really just comes down to them being more aggressive on offense getting the ball into their playmakers hands staying ahead of the chains or making it easier on third down or may not even getting to third down you know first and second down taking a shot you know and moving the sticks pushing the ball down the field like i think that's what it's going to take on offense to keep this thing going because they have the talent to be able to do that they have all the you know we we're going to get into it but pro bowl talent on the offense That's what it's going to take. You know, if Darisaw is healthy and that line is doing what they're supposed to do, like we've seen from them this season, making a way for Kirk in that pocket, not allowing him to get sacked seven times like we saw against the Colts, and and allowing him to actually cook back there, like it should be able to produce some sustainable drives for them. They also need to make sure they get the ball into Dalvin Cook's hands. However they can, as we've seen, whether it's running the ball, whether it's, you know, splitting him out wide. Sam, the screen game. The screen game. How about it? Getting the ball in Dalvin Cook's hands any kind of way. Maybe some tight end screens to TJ Hawkinson. You know, maybe doing something like that as well. They need to do something that is going to continue to sustain these drives, get into the hurry up. Don't huddle it up. Let's just keep it moving. Um, that That's what I think I need to see on offense. And then on defense, they need to pin their ears back and get after the passer, whether they're going to blitz. I know they haven't blitzed a whole lot this season. Whether it's blitz, whether it's just Daniil and Zadarius is just pinning their ears back, you know, moving them around in, in different gaps and trying to find a way to get a mismatch so that they can get to the quarterback. We need to see them get to the quarterback early and often. Kind of like what we saw against Green Bay. Like they they abused that Packers offensive line and they abused Aaron Rodgers. And we really haven't seen a performance like that since then. You know, like they, they've done okay. There have been some flashes since then, but we haven't seen that type of performance since the start. Of the season, mm-hmm. and so then beyond that, please just make sure if, if you're gonna play coverage, can we make sure we don't see guys five, ten yards off of these receivers? Because that is not a formula that is sustainable for success, as we saw against the Lions, as we saw against the Patriots. They are going to chop them up, and I know they made some adjustments against the Colts and. You know that is something that you hope to see them sustain moving forward and you know especially against the giants nobody is really scaring you you know other than maybe saquon barkley you know darius slayton you don't want to get beat over the top but other than those guys like there's nobody that really scares you so there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to press some of these guys off the line and just play straight up man to man against uh some of these receivers and so I think, you know, getting into the playoffs, you know, maybe they're playing uh, a Scary Terry. Maybe they're playing, uh, you know, Jahan Dotson or DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. You know, some of these teams that they may see in that first round, the Lions, Jamison Williams, DJ Shark, Amon Ross St. Brown, like they're going to have to get up in their faces and and try to make it a little bit more difficult for them to get into their routes or else – it's going to be scary all over again.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I would not mind, Reggie? If the Vikings win handily on Saturday, that actually goes a long way towards setting up a Vikings-Giants rematch in the playoffs because it takes the Giants down a peg and it moves the Vikings you know, further entrenched into that two seed. I think the Giants are a favorable matchup because, if number one, their defense – is not good. I know they had a good performance last Sunday to win a game. It's not a good Mm -hmm. defense. They're 26th in the league, and you alluded to this. Their offensive weapons are as punchless as you'll see in the league outside of Saquon. I think the Vikings may may be playing the two most punchless offensive weapons teams in back-to-back weeks, Um, and they obviously only had to face Jonathan Taylor for like three plays, so that helped too. Um, But the Giants don't have a lot in the way of pass catching. They rely on Jones to, to use his legs and give it to Saquon, who uses his legs. But mm-hmm. that defense is not that strong. That offense is not that scary. I would love to play the Giants again. But if it's not the Giants, there are some bad defenses in the mix for that seven seed. There's the Giants 26th, the Seahawks 29th, the Lions 31st. Now, the Commanders are the oddball. They're actually 4th best in defense, but... I wouldn't mind facing Heineke either because I just don't trust him at all. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that all those matchups are favorable in some way for the Vikings. But if you're facing one of the, the cruddiest defenses in the league, that, that 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 is incumbent upon Kirk Cousins to lead at least a 31-point offensive performance. I mean, we've seen this team hang points in bunches. You can just sustain it a little better. You know, there's one stat that I like to look at, scoring percentage. On how many drives are you actually producing points? And the Vikings, they are 18th in scoring percentage. Um, that is not as great as it could be. This is a an offense that has the capability to be much more consistent, and you touched on this. Not going away for multiple quarters of games, that would help a lot. Even if you can just produce like a five-minute field goal drive is helpful. Even if you don't score touchdowns because it gives your defense a break, it takes time off the clock, it puts points on the board. The Vikings need a little more of that instead of the feast or famine when they score a touchdown, take two quarters off, score another touchdown, take a quarter off, score another touchdown. They end up with 28 points somehow, but it doesn't feel like they played that well. I just need a little more steadiness, a little less volatility, Reggie. Um, I wonder if the formula changes when you play a better San Francisco team, maybe in the second round, what needs to happen. I mean, then like, I think in the first round, you just need to not shoot yourself in the foot in the second round then you really need to make some plays. Like, particularly on defense, you probably need to take the ball away. You probably need to get three or more sacks, make a splash play on special teams. Like, the standard for winning, I think, is considerably higher in the second round absolutely. than the first. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's not – especially against a team like the 49ers that has, like, a ridiculous defense, like – if they fall behind, like, San Francisco's one of those teams that they just pour it on you. You saw what they did to Tom Brady and the Bucks a couple weeks ago. You don't want that. You try to, you know, get behind and all that. Like, I look at a team like the 49ers, and I see a team that you're going to have to get into a slugfest with. Like, they hit you, you hit them back. You know, they uppercut you, you hit them with a cross back. You know, like, it's one of those games, like, you can't afford to be getting hit and hit, and hit, and then, you know, you, you're you still in the, you know, corner, you're still, you know, doing the rope-a-dope or whatever, and you're still trying to get out there and, and hang on, but, like, not if you're getting beat up. Like, you're down on the scorecards. And so I think that's going to be a situation where, like you say, yeah, they're going to have to find other ways to manufacture the ball. Like, it's been interesting, you know, especially over the, the win streak that the Vikings had, they were always good for at least like a, a sack and at least one turnover. They haven't gotten that in a while. Like it's it's been a while since we've seen them do that. You know, like, you know, Harrison Smith would always just some kind of way come down with an interception in the game or Patrick Peterson or Cam Dansler, or someone like that um, or, or Cam Bynum, I should say. But we haven't seen that. And that's been kind of like their recipe. Ben, but don't break on defense. Come down with a timely interception. We saw it against the, the commanders and Heineke. That kind of got them back into that game. We haven't seen that. That has to happen. Especially, you know, you go against a rookie quarterback like Brock Purdy. Look, man, you think about that, that Vic Fangio-style defense that the Vikings run what is that all about? It's all about like the exotic looks and making it very confusing for the opposing quarterback. And that's something that you want to see them do against a team. Like the 49ers make things difficult for young Purdy and, and let him go out there and make some mistakes, throw you the ball, you know, or, or cough the ball up when Zadarius is, is, you know, blaring down on him. So I, I think that's going to be what the recipe is. Like, they can't just, you know, here, you get the ball, I get the ball. You get the ball, I get the ball. Because I don't think that that's going to allow them to keep up with the team like the 49ers, especially with how potent that defense is.
0: Yeah, you talk about exotic on defense. I feel like Mike Zimmer was the five-star Punta Cana resort when it came to disguising (laughs) some of these looks. And Ed Donatel is the Holiday Inn Express in Orlando. Like, I don't Mm. see nearly the same creativity defensively. I wish that one of the the leaders, like Smith or Kendricks or Hunter, would say, Hey, Ed, I know you're our guy. We love you. But... This concept worked really well, and we know how to execute it. Maybe we could try it sometime um, and just yeah. see what happens there. Maybe Don Intel throws a fit. I don't know. Um, more to come on Superior Sports Talk. We talk Wild or Wolves. Who is going to carry the local sports fan beyond the football season? We talk about that in a moment. But first, this episode's brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league. NFL, bowl season, college football, college basketball, NBA, it's all there at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can get those as well at BetOnline. Vikings now favored by four and a half, money pouring in on Minnesota. Check out that line and all the NFL lines for Week 16. Get it on your mobile device. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. Wild or Wolves? Who is going to keep morale high, Reggie? I'm already thinking ahead. I'm already thinking a month or two down the road when attentions shift. We can't talk about the Vikings every day anymore. Who's going to carry us into the next season? Got a couple hot teams right now. The Timberwolves are looking better even without Towns. The Wild are on a tear. We've talked about that on this show. You and Luke have gone back and forth about it too. So which team, if you could pick one, Reggie, Who will fans stake all their hopes and dreams on once the Viking season is done? Who's going to generate that emotional investment
1: that will gain people's interest? I think if you look at last season, maybe you go Wolves. But I think it's the Wild, man. I really do. Especially because, like, I don't know if people's expectations was for the Wild um, to – do anything of you know substance this year and they are balling right now like last night it seemed like oh man all right here we go you know got the late night in anaheim flower gives up that that early goal like that in the second period and you're like well all right well it it was fun it was fun but then they come back and they just pour the goals in you know I, i made the joke on twitter they just needed our newscast to end to start scoring some goals because once we went off the air, that was when they turned it on. And this win streak that they have right now is impressive. And I I just, I just wonder like how long can they keep this going? Like if they're going to get this type of production, not only from flower, but you know, we did a a little story on Gustafson the other day, six and on his last six starts. And he is just, out there balling like it seems like he's really got his feet set here in Minnesota coming over from Ottawa now and you're like okay if they're going to get that type of consistency from both goaltenders where you know you can give Flower the night off you know to rest his his loins you know to rest to rest him the the old man you know uh and and you could put Gustafson in there and you can get similar if not you know better production from him wow, man, like this team is scary. And then, like like we said, Sam, if if you're going to get all these, you know, goals from guys other than Kirill Kaprizov, that is encouraging last night what we saw from them against the Ducks. And so I think that's going to be a team that's going to capture the team. I mean, it's the state of hockey. Come on. this This is what happens here. And so I think that's going to be a team that captures everyone's hearts because – I look at that Wolves team and especially like once the season is over for the Vikings, now you're talking about the return of Carl Anthony Towns and you're talking about them still trying to figure things out with him and Rudy out there at the same time. And now, you know, you've got the emergence of Nas Reed. So you got to get him some minutes in there as well. And I still think it's going to be them trying to figure what the heck they're doing out for the next few months. And that's going to be, Having fans like ready to pull their hair out. Um, and I don't I don't know if that's gonna be something that's gonna be fun for the fans' hearts. You talk about the Vikings inevitably breaking the fans' hearts. Well, I, I don't think they're gonna want more heartbreak from the wolves. So I think the wild is a good story to get behind and I think one that will continue to take them moving forward.
0: Conveniently, the Wild and Wolves have played the same number of games, thirty two. That means they've got 50 games remaining each. The Wild are eight games above 500, and they really have had the stretch now that they had last year at the beginning of the season. And I think this is, this is turning into basically the same team and, and maybe even a little more consistent in goal when you look at what Gustafson and, and Fleury are giving you. And I think that there's just a, there's a greater opportunity in the NHL. You don't need to be a top-two seed to win the Stanley Cup. You can make the tournament get hot And win the stanley cup from anywhere um if you are a play-in team in the nba your odds of going anywhere in the postseason are so slim and that's where the wolves are living right now unless they prove me wrong unless they move into a different stratosphere it's going to be hard to stake any real interest in that team um you know beyond whether they can get out of the play-in round i think the wild right now are screaming to the nhl we are contenders this year just like we were the year before um, and we have been several years prior. Now, the Wild—it's about playoff success. Like they have been in the playoffs a lot, but they usually lose. What's going to be different about this team? I think I'm willing to—I'm willing to uh, to invest in them and find out. Like I want to see what they're made of because when you have a star like Kirill Kaprizov, anything can happen in the postseason, especially when Flurry is your goaltender. Even though last year didn't go too well, but we won't talk about that. Uh, We've got What Does It Mean coming up with Reggie Wilson. Before we get to that, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. That's Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube. And wherever you get your podcasts, and one more thing, folks, built bar, those two little words that, to me, just scream the holiday season. Why? Because you can load up your stocking, With white chocolate peppermint granola, candy cane brownie puffs, you can put it in your own stocking and you can say, well, I guess Santa just left it for me because they're so good. You want to hoard them all for yourself. I wouldn't blame you a bit. They're like a delicious cloud, just eating them every day, getting that little boost of goodness and energy, 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories. You can't beat that. Built Bar has a magic formula. I don't know how they do it, but they are life-changingly good. Magical Built Bars. 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. It's time to tell us, what does it mean? All right, Reggie, I've got three prompts I want a minute on each. What does it mean? I'm not sure if you and Luke had time to react to this yesterday. You can, you know, if you did, you can stop me. We can move on. Uh, but this broke yesterday morning. The Twins, or I sh- I, I'll start here. Carlos Correa, former twin, Carlos Correa. He reneges on the Giants, or they reneged on him. Somebody reneged on somebody because the mm-hmm. physical didn't go well. And yeah. Carlos Correa moves his commitment from the Giants to the Mets and now the Mets are stacked and apparently the reports are the twins actually jumped back in the race but they did not change their offer they kept it at 10 years 285 and Correa said nope I'm taking the extra 30 and I'm gonna go to the Mets and we're gonna win a World Series what does it mean Reggie the twins reportedly did not up their offer to Correa when they had another chance
1: I think they look they obviously drew their line in the sand you know, yesterday, Luke and I talked about Correa going to the Mets, but we didn't know the particulars. Like, did the Twins jump back in? Did they not? Were they scared off by his physical? It sounds like they might have been a little a little weary of that physical as well. And so, look, big miss for the Giants, missing on Aaron Judge and now Correa as well. And so, it's reported, I saw reports yesterday, I think from The Athletic, that Correa tackled Scott Boris when the Mets offer came through and and pushed him onto the bed. I don't know where they were that that was a situation, but we'll move forward from that. I, I Who's think reporting it's it's this clearly. news? Who, who has look, that I, scoop? Look, look, it was on The Athletic. <laughs> it was on The Athletic, okay? That he must them, be true. He pushed, he pushed Boris onto the bed. So I'm like, okay, what bed? <laughs> where are you guys at? Are you vacationing together? What's going on? Are you living together? I don't, I don't know. But anyway. Um, i mean he's paying him a lot a lot of money he might as well get a guest house at his at his uh at his estate you know little but, mother-in-law suite yeah 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 a little hey hey scotty scotty you want to go over to your house okay all right i'll see you over there buddy um but i think what's interesting is the twins clearly had their line drawn in the sand they were like look this is what we're gonna do and honestly look it it was obviously just the the years for korea because the twins Deal was giving him more average annual value than any of the the offers that he had received. The the one from the Giants, I think it was something like twenty five, twenty six mil a year, and with the the Mets now, I think it's twenty six mil a year. But they give him that stability instead of you know with the Twins, he he'd be done with that contract when he was thirty eight years old. Now. You know, uh, it was 41 with the Giants, but now it's going to be 40 with the Mets. And so they give him that that type of stability to allow him to play until he's he's good and darn ready to, to end it or convert a little bit of that into a second Bobby Bonilla type of a deal if he doesn't play mm-hmm. all the way up until he's 40. So I think he was looking for that stability. He got it with the Mets, the Twins. Even though they, they were offering 28.5 a year, I guess it just wasn't enough. Like, he wanted to get that those extra years in so that he had that stability later. Because, look, I get it. These baseball players, they understand. Well, these athletes in general, they try to get as much money as they can while they can. Because when they're 50 years old, there is nothing that is going to net them the type of return that they are netting while they're in the prime of their playing days, so I get it. That's what Carlos Correa was going to do, but doesn't it seem like it's a little bit more of just a, another knife being drawn in the back of twins fans? You're just like, There's hope, he failed the physical, maybe he can come back. And then the twins are just like, No, 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 bro, like take the offer that we had, or there is no offer. And he's like, all right, well, I'll just go to the Mets. Twins fans are like, what? We had a chance again, and we still didn't do it. I I think that's probably what's the most hurtful for Twins fans.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just don't get the mandate. Like, if you're willing to go that high for that annual value, why would you not give the extra year, right? It's not going to be your problem to to deal with. Let the next front office deal with that. Besides, at that point in time, 28 million is not going to be that big a deal. Someone needs to teach Correa about investment, though. Over the first 10 years of the Twins deal, he's making 22.5 million more than the first 10 years of the Mets deal. Think about how much he could have in investments if he just takes the difference, puts it into stocks over 10 years. That's going to appreciate. I think he actually left money on the table, to be honest. I mean, think about where Bitcoin's going to be in 10 years. He could just put it in Bitcoin. Um, I digress. What does it mean, Reggie? The Wolves lose the second of their back-to-back with the Mavs. 104, was it 104.99? They lose by five uh, and drop their record to 500. Uh, what does it mean now that the Wolves go into a killer stretch of road games with a 500 record. Are they going to come out of this still at 500? Or is this going to be a dip
1: for the wolves? It's going to be tough for them. I, I, I'm i not going to you know sit here and lie. I think last night was a good indicator that look, they can play well without their stars. Like they can without their all-stars, they can, but, There is not a situation where they are a better team without Rudy, without Cat. I think if they had a little bit more shot making from a guy like Cat last night, they probably win that game. You know, it was tough watching that game last night, seeing Luka kind of draw the defense in, only for him to kick out to that corner three Reggie Bullock. Splash, making those corner threes. And I understand the Mavs weren't necessarily doing that the night before. But look, these are NBA teams. They're going to make shots. And we've seen some, some defensive lulls from the Wolves. We've seen some problematic third quarters from the Wolves. That just continues to be a, a case, a, a situation with this team. And now you're looking at, like, look, if, if Ann Edwards doesn't necessarily go off, he didn't last night he had a modest game last night if he doesn't go off now you're looking at the the other role players doing something you know Austin Rivers had a pretty good game but like when you're relying on some of the other guys that are not you know your your superstars out there to to carry you i think that's uh that's probably going to get you into some trouble if you are wanting to play some meaningful basketball and that's what they're about to do over this next stretch and it's going to be tough, man, if if they don't get at least, you know, 30 or so from Ant every night. Like, it's going to be tough for them to, to really keep up with some of these teams. But if he's going to be that alpha, if he's going to be that dude, then that's kind of what you expect from him. And you just expect them to continue to hustle. You know, Rudy came back last night and had a pretty good game. You know, it, it, it really kind of neutralized Nas Reed a little bit you know, coming off his 27-point performance. And so I think you want to find a way to get all the guys involved a little bit more. But, look, Rudy had a good game and had a solid game, but I think he needs to, like, go into, like, superstar status where he's having these dominant games of 30-plus points a night for them to actually compete, especially while Cat is out.
0: All right, I got one more for you, Reggie. What does it mean... At the Vikings got five Pro Bowlers, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, T.J. Hawkinson, Z'Darrius Smith, and long snapper Andrew DePaula. My question is, did anyone get snubbed? What does it mean that those five got in and several did not get And I know there's some alternates in there. I want to acknowledge that. But in terms of, like, actually on the team, who got snubbed, Reggie?
1: It's interesting because when I look at the roster, I'm not really sure how – you can you can always argue, I guess, for more, but like the guys that got in, I, maybe you would make an argument that Dalvin Cook belonged there, but then you look at the guys like Miles Sanders, Saquon Barkley, and you're like, dang, do, do any of them kind of get in or, or kind of get behind Cook in that pecking order right there? I mean, those two guys have had great seasons as well. And then you look at, the the Darisau move, like you look at the tackles that got in, you're like, eh, eh maybe, maybe, um, maybe over Lane Johnson, Darosaw, maybe. Um, I think it's kind of crazy that Patrick Peterson, not even as an alternate, you know, like, dang, really, like he had kind of like a, a resurgence season this year, and you really didn't like, not even as an alternate and then you know you look at Harrison Smith i think i think there was the 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 guy from the the 49ers i cannot pronounce his name but he got in over Harrison Smith and you're like well maybe Harry could have got in there but i think it's a product of people thinking like well that vikings defense is just not very good you know like sorry they're just they're they're not that great so you don't really think of some of their guys as like pro bowlers, you know, it was good to see Zadarius Smith bounce back from basically missing all of last season to get in. I think he was very deserving of, of the honor. Uh, but yeah, when, when I look at snubs, I, I look at some of the, the vet guys that have been balling this year, like Harrison Smith and Patrick Peterson. And then, you know, look, I know he got hurt quite a bit, but look, TJ Watt got in to the Pro Bowl and he missed what like five six games this year and you you don't penalize a guy like that but then you look at Christian Derrissaw it was Derrissaw Island up until he got that concussion he's given up what three sacks this year and some you may say like were maybe not his fault because of what he's been dealing with with the concussion I think Derisaw should have been a pro bowler like outright this year. I think if if you look at snubs, he for me seems like the biggest one followed by maybe like Dalvin Cook.
0: Derisaw for sure, biggest snub. I thought you could make a case at times he's been the best left tackle in football. Patrick Peterson was the other one. You touched on that amazing resurgent year, top 10 PFF corner. Uh, he's been great, but like you said, not on a very good defense. Uh, he's Reggie Wilson, Care 11. Check him out on TV. He's on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. I'm Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom, filling in for the great Luke Inman on Superior Sports Talk. Get it wherever you find your podcasts or on YouTube, Lockdown Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Sam saying so long on Superior Sports Talk today.
1: Be blessed. Spread love
0: today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.